With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anybody tell you that I miss practice? I made my mistakes. If, 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 if a coach say I miss practice, whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. And y'all hear it, then that's that. Don't you feel like that creates uh, tension between East and West? Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. People have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. There's no words there. Well, I'm not a crook. What does that mean, to play us out? I mean, I might have missed one practice this year. What is... I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about... Hey, everybody. It's another episode of Same Old Clippers. This is Robert Flom here, along with my good buddy, Louis Keen. How are you doing, Louis? What a do, baby. What a do, baby. Uh, speaking of uh, Mr. What It Do, uh, Kawhi is going to sit out tomorrow's game against the Bucks with load management. Uh, not really a surprise. He sat out the Clippers first back-to-back as well, uh, and it seems like this is going to be a thing during back-to-backs. Um, what do you think about this, both in terms of the long-term effects and the short-term, just in how it looks for him to be sitting nationally televised game against uh, Giannis, who's, you know, that's one of the best matchups in the league? Well, I think it's kind of funny that we're like preemptively recording a podcast before they lose because same old Clippers only drops when Clippers lose game. <laughs> but uh, we're doing this on faith. Um, yeah, I I mean, I'm going tomorrow night. Um, my aunt has season tickets, so I'm sitting with her. This is the one game she treats me to every year. Um, and I grew I mean, I didn't grow up, but I grew up as an adult in in Madison, Wisconsin. So I've I've always kind of uh, – I've had a soft spot for the Bucks ever since then. Um, my first year there was Giannis' rookie year. So this is like a game I circle on the calendar every year. And in the past, I've shelled out a little bit of money to sit in really nice seats. Um, and it's a nationally televised game, like you said. Um, the thing I'm thinking about is like, you know, the this is a pretty good – player on player matchup I mean it's definitely they're they're I think the two best players in the NBA yeah um and uh, apparently the Clippers reached out to the NBA to get approval for this Mm -hmm. I, I heard about that if the league is approving this then what exactly are they not approving <laughs> like is that just a thing that they can kind of um, hold a certain amount of power over the over the teams, but because I mean this is as marquee as individual one on one matchups go. Um, in my opinion, certainly more than Kawhi versus LeBron. Um, and Giannis doesn't. I mean, does Giannis have like a one on one, you know, nemesis that comes to mind? Not really. Jabari uh, Parker, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't really. And Kawhi could be that guy. 
Yeah. And now that they're in different conferences and figure to be for the foreseeable future, we're in all likelihood only going to get to see them play twice a year. And if Kawhi sits one of them out, then they really only play one time that year. And, you know, good, good rivalries in the NBA have existed in opposite conferences, mm-hmm. but you need a little bit of a teaser before the playoffs. Like let these guys get in each other's grill a little bit. Yeah. And, um, not for like narrative, but just for like entertainment. These are the two best yeah. players. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm not saying anything, you know, mind blowing here. I want to see these two guys play and mm-hmm. um, they're playing Portland the next night. And I don't know if the, if the league doesn't want to come in and say, Hey, we'd rather you sit him against Portland. Right. Um, and the, because the league can't engineer who wins and loses games. But, you know, he can, Kawhi came into the season saying that, you know, he's healthy now. He doesn't expect to miss any time. And I just wrote about this in my newsletter, Unstatable, that he's a dude who wants to play. Like, this mm-hmm. is that's what he's doing this career for. Uh, and, you know, more, in, in my opinion, more so than many of the other players in, in, in the game. So let the dude play. And I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there are, all, there are multiple facets to this. I think you pointed out the one which is kind of important, which is the fan perspective, which is that, like, at bottom, the NBA is an entertainment league. You know, Kawhi... Giannis, Bucks, Clippers, two of the best teams in the NBA, uh, two of the potential favorites for the NBA championship. You know, as you said, it's only happens twice a year, barring a potential finals meetup, and it could be a, a teaser for the finals. Like, that's looking way into the future, but it's something that the NBA has to be aware of, you know. Um, and just that not happening is really disappointing. I wrote that in, like, my little news uh, recap on Clips Nation is just that it's a disappointment for NBA fans. Like the basketball world was going to be watching Bucks Clippers tomorrow because it's two really good teams, as you said, two of the best players in the NBA. I think for all the Clippers fans talking about Kawhi, I think Giannis is the best player in the NBA. I think Kawhi has a very good argument for number two. Um, and like you know, watching those two go up against each other, they play the same position. It's like if Kevin Durant and LeBron James, when they were in different conferences in the early 2010s and they were the two best players in the NBA, like those matchups were a huge treat. Everybody wanted to watch Thunder Cavs or Thunder Heat or whatnot because it was riveting. And it's the same way with Kawhi Giannis. And it it really sucks. Like I'm going to be watching it anyway because it should still be fun. But like the Clippers are probably going to get destroyed uh, because the Bucks are really good. And Giannis is really good. And if the Clippers don't have Kawhi, they're probably not going to beat the Bucks with Giannis. Uh, so it kind of takes some, a lot of the fun out of the matchup. It takes a lot of the excitement out. Uh, you know, from the other hand, like, the Raptors just proved not even six months ago that load management was the right strategy, at least for them. They won the NBA championship. Kawhi was healthy for their playoff run. He was dominant yeah. in the postseason. And, like, they looked like geniuses because he played 60 games. Like, he sat out back-to-backs. And even though he was playing, you know, kind of hobbled a little in the playoffs, he was able to soldier through it. 
and he looked fantastic basically the entire way through. It's it's a proven strategy with Kawhi Leonard, and you know the Clippers have to invest. You know, be careful of their investment in Kawhi, and all their sights are focused on the postseason and winning like their first championship. So I get it for them, and it's not up to them to provide entertainment for ESPN. Like they are not beholden to ESPN or even the NBA's numbers at large. But you know, I think they will get some pushback for this. And I think the other thing which I mentioned was that it's not like this is a three-game and four-night scenario. It's like they've had two days off before tomorrow. And then after Thursday, they have three days off until their next game. It's not like this is some super tough stretch there. And it's like a really easy stretch outside of this back-to-back. I, I don't know. Like, you know, they have advanced data science people. They have sports science people. They know all these things uh, that we don't know, don't have the access to whatever. Um, but they're going to get pushed back for this, and, and I don't necessarily disagree with that take. I think it might be the smart and prudent move long term, which is all that the Clippers are interested in. But in the short term, it kind of stinks, and it's upsetting because I was I was going to stay up the entire night to watch that, which means like being up to like one one thirty on a Wednesday night when I have work and I have to get up at six forty five. But like I would do that for Kawhi Giannis. And I'm not going to do that <laughs> for yeah. non-Kawhi Clippers against Giannis. Um, probably not anyway. So I, I think that, those are basic thoughts on, on load management. Um, the other thing is, like, it's not like they have Paul George in there where you're still getting a seat yeah. right here. And all indications are that he's going to be back pretty soon. So, yeah, I mean, just the – the selection of which game to sit him just kind of seems like a troll. And it, it kind of it kind of comes up as, like, keeping our cards in the deck and, like, not mm-hmm. wanting to, like, let them game plan and practice against Kawhi. But that's, like, total bullshit. Uh, <laughs> it just, I mean, let play the games. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's also, I mean, which game it is aside. Um, there is, I think we saw with the Raptors, the benefit of seeing other players on the team get to play early on in the season. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about this, I was at practice today, I'm like watching Derek Walton shoot around and um, guys like that. My guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you wait until April, when, you know, you're starting to rest guys for the playoffs, you, you wait till April to get these guys their reps. These guys are coming in having not played competitive basketball like very much at all, and there's I don't know if there's uh, you know statistically demonstrated value of getting these guys um, run you know like mm-hmm. real games early on in the season against good talent um, and just like at game speed. I think there's there's definitely an intuitive benefit to letting. Terrence Mann play real minutes uh, fee, you know, I think one of the, the knocks against the Clippers in past years has been not playing these guys very much in their, in their, in their rookie year, second years. And the Clippers really haven't so far. Um, yeah. They have not forced the action to get Terrence Mann into games. Um, and, and this will hopefully allow that. Um, and another team that we're seeing that, that is going to that is forced to play that card is the Atlanta Hawks. So this is one of this is probably the big news of the day and maybe of the week for the NBA. Yeah, John Collins is a really John Collins is an All Star player. I mean, if 
I don't think he, I don't think he made the team last year, but no. he's well on his way this year. It's averaging 20 and 10 or something like that. But uh, an all-star getting a 25 game suspension, this, it feels bigger than Aiden partly oh, because yeah. it, partly because it's number one or because it's number it's the second time it's happened. And partly because, um, Collins is better than Aiden. He's a better player. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and he's also not t- he he's not getting suspended for using like a diuretic. He's getting suspended for actually using something that's a, like a banned substance. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really interesting because there have been rumors around the NBA for like years that PED use is kind of rampant, and I wasn't necessarily I don't track these things too tightly. But I wasn't necessarily aware that they were stepping up their drug testing program this year. Um, either they must have done so or they've just stumbled into two people who are doing it. Um, but I mean, Collins getting 25 games, that's a lot. I mean, that's almost a third of the season. That's like a really steep punishment. Yeah. And, you know, a debate about the merits or demerits of using like performance enhancing drugs and like how to control it and how to stop it or whatnot is like an entire podcast series. But, um, you know, I think it's interesting that they're going so heavy handed. They're not doing like a warning of like, you know, a two game suspension or even a five game suspension. It's just like this guy was caught. He has no prior offense or anything. And he's out 25 games. And like that might cripple the Hawks playoff chances in the Eastern Conference because Collins, you know, I'd say Young is probably their most important player. Collins is right up there. He's their second best and most important player. And like, now they're starting Jabari Parker, who has actually been not bad for them this year, but like still, I mean, he's a, a huge step down from John Collins, and it's just it's just very interesting that the NBA, which has been kind of light on a lot of things, and like notoriously last week did not suspend Ben Simmons for like choking out Carl Anthony Towns, yeah. is like dishing out twenty five games for like one test of performance enhancing drugs. I just think it's it's really interesting. And I'm curious to see if, like, how many more get caught this year. Like, if they're willing to do it with John Collins, like, are they willing to do it with saying, you know, if they're willing to spend John Collins, like, would they be willing to spend LeBron if he got caught with something? Well, it's not whether they're willing to suspend him. It's whether they're willing to test him. That's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, what, like, what happens if the NBA is like, we need to test, like, your like we need a testy LeBron. Does does LeBron say yet? I mean, I'm guessing LeBron is smart enough to not have anything to hide, but still, like, yeah. I, that's a fascinating conversation. The NBA coming to LeBron and just being like, we need to test your urine. Yeah, uh, it's 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 um, it's inappropriate to to speculate as to who is is taking PEDs, but I think we. Probably both could come up with names. Uh, Howard. <laughs> think of which, what do you think of this new Dwight? I like the new Dwight. I, you know what? I never got really the hate for Dwight. I mean, some of his off-the-court stuff, I guess, has he's had some kind of fishy stuff there. But, like, you know, on the court, he was one of the best players in the NBA for, like, half a decade. You know, the most dominant big man of his era. And, like, it's cool to see him back out there, like, looking like he's in shape and that he gives a shit. Um, I don't know. It's It's been fun. Like, 
he's probably the most fun player on this Lakers team, which says uh, a lot more about the Lakers team than it does Dwight. But like watching him own the Bulls tonight, I saw a little bit of that was was kind of fun. Um, I don't know how long it will last, uh, but you know, I'm I'm along for the ride. I'll, have, Dwight having a, a a renaissance season is is kind of a fun twist this NBA season. I'm I'm with it. Yeah, I'm with it too. And I think uh, the fun thing with Dwight is, I I I really don't think he deserved. Like he just didn't fit in in the NBA. Ultimately, I mean, a lot of it was his own like inability to adjust. Yeah, a lot of it was injury, and a lot of it was just personality. He's just kind of like a weird dude. Yeah, and so. Uh, you know, fitting in here, you know, getting to redeem himself to like a fan base. Laker fans love him, and I I, I appreciate that about Laker fans that they actually do support their guys a fair amount. They yeah. don't hate on their coaches and their and their GM, but they have undying belief that their players will just that their players are way better than other people think they are. <laughs> like, I think that's actually like, I think that's kind of nice. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's better than the other way. Yeah. Um, everybody's super cynical now and everybody is very quick to dump on their own players. I mean, they have their jokes about KCP, which is honestly kind of unfounded. I mean, KCP is like a very, you know, adequate NBA rotation player, but um, you know, Outside of that, like, they really get behind their guys. And, yeah, I mean, you got to respect it. Like, they ride or die with Alex Caruso and, like, you know. Shannon Brown. Yeah, oh, my God, Shannon. There have been guys over the years that just get this, like, if if a a point guard can dunk, they're just, like, they'll believe in that person forever. It's because they've been, like, raised on Derek Fisher and just, like, anyone who can do more than that athletically is, like, the second coming. Which doesn't take much. Like, you know, you get guys in the rec gym who can do more than Derek Fisher athletically. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The Lakers look pretty good, look a little scary. I mean, the Clippers don't have Paul George yet, and they're still 5-2. and two. Um, So it's, it's very early. But the Lakers look better than I thought. Um, you know, props to them. I think Vogel's done a good job. Again, not hard to be an upgrade over, like, the, you know, Luke Walton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they definitely look like the Clippers' biggest threat in the Western Conference right now. Um, the Rockets, Nuggets, and Jazz have all looked kind of shaky. Those were the other three teams people thought would be up there um, this year. And yeah, I don't know. Like NBA has been really interesting. It's been a fun couple weeks. I've I've been really enjoying. I've been watching like probably two games a night around and. Uh, it's been it's been really fun. I saw like Mark Stein had a newsletter about how the NBA hasn't been fun this year, and I was like, I, I don't know, <laughs> disagree about that. Um, Picking the wrong games. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of big name teams have not been fun, but like the Suns have been fun, and like we're gonna disrespect the Suns because they should not be good. And you know, I get that like they've been bad for so long that they like any good team they're going to rally behind that and they're like, we're good. Uh, But one, it's not going to last at least at this level. And two, like 
they really need to get more pieces in place, like, before they try to make a push for mediocrity. Like, I can see them very much being, like, the heat of a few years ago where, like, they have one decent season and then overload on mediocrity. Or, like, the Kings did last year, um, where it's, like, one year of decent success is, like, oh, we're going to sign all these guys to extensive deals. And then you get Aaron Baines making, like, $20 million a year until 2024. Um, which, like, props to Aaron Baines because dude is awesome. Like, dude, he's really good. We stand for Aaron Baines. Like, that dude is a, a menace. But, um, like, the last thing the Suns need is to win 42 games and be the ninth seed and then start paying all these veterans, like, lots of money. But um, they, they're good. Like, the Clippers lost them. It doesn't look that bad right now. No, it doesn't. And they just knocked off Philly, which is the best team in the NBA. Yeah. Um, without Embiid, but still. And um, look, I, 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 I'm willing to grant the Suns their status as a, as a young, you know, up and coming borderline playoff team, maybe even a, a playoff, you know, on, they're certainly on their way to making the playoffs, you know, yeah. two weeks into the season. But uh, here's, here's why I'm disrespecting them. Last <laughs> okay, it's the ultimate test of a fan base of a of a bad team. What happens when their team becomes good? And I'm not the fan police. I'm I, look. I'm not the fan police, Rob. Am I? Am I the? Am I the fan police? No, no, not at all. But the but the Suns fans. <laughs> once they once that team becomes good, they totally. They totally become Utah Jazz fans, and nobody likes Utah Jazz fans. And no, yeah, and and look, you you get a little bit of you get a little bit of gas, uh, and suddenly you know, you think you're driving a Mustang. Look, <laughs> the the we've all been through it, but yep. I like uh, the Suns fans to enjoy this moment and, and remember who they are, oh, and. Yeah. and uh, not descend into into Utah Jazz fandom um, because that that can happen like that you know you you just you don't see it coming you have to stay humble. Oh yeah, no. If the Knicks are the people are, people compliment Devin Booker and and people are like, you didn't compliment him last year. He wasn't this good last year. He wasn't doing this stuff last year. Yeah, did you see like, this stuff oh, with Zach the narrative Lowe? on him has always been false. Like, how can you say that though? Yeah, like Zach Lowe tweeted something about like how he's been like super good this year, and all these Suns fans were in his mentions. Like, you knocked him last year. It's like Zach Lowe, to my knowledge, like I'm not like a super fan or anything. I listen to like a decent amount of his podcasts and read most of his stuff. It's like I think Zach Lowe has been like a fairly big Booker fan for like a national media member, and all these Suns fans are like just hopping in with all these receipts, and it's like you guys need to calm down, like way down he's been really good this year like just take the props like booker looks awesome like yeah he looks like he's on track to be an all-star maybe like all nba like he looks fantastic but like i i think he could settle down mike smith he probably won't get there this year but like he looks really good and he's trying on defense which is cool um and like watch Like, I mean, watching him defend guys uh, against Philly, that was, like, fun. And, like, he got, yeah. he got whistled for a couple of, like, touchy fouls. And he was, like, pissed. It's like, yeah, dude, this is what happens to everyone else when they guard you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm with Zach Lowe. I, 
I have enjoyed watching Devin Book Devin Booker play because I just like his I think he has game, you know. He yeah. Can, he can score and I like guys that can score points. I you know, I don't really care so much for for um efficiency, you know, that's not number that's not my number one thing. Um he's a creative offensive player. He can do a lot of things, you know, he can score yeah. different ways. Um I think it's hilarious that he scored 70 points once. Um against the Celtics too. Yeah, against the Celtics and yeah, I just look like how can you say oh the narrative on him has been like you know has been false or whatever when he got seventy points in a game that like his coach was fouling the other team intentionally to get Devin Booker more possessions in the last two minutes like the, he earned this reputation and now he's working it off and that's good so, yeah it is really, um, no, it's like that was like shades of like Ricky Pierce there. <laughs> no, uh, no. Um, it's it's just yeah. The, the fan base when you switch from and the Clippers didn't really see this very much, but I mean it was also like Lob City was when I was still like on blogs, not necessarily on social media. Um, so things have probably changed since then. But like, I'm sure there were a bunch of Clippers fans who got like super annoying when the Clippers got good when Chris Paul came over, but. Yeah, like some fans just don't become jazz fans. We one jazz fan base is bad enough. There wasn't a Clipper Twitter in 2011. Yeah, I mean there there really isn't that much of a Clippers Twitter now. The Clipper Twitter, right? Exactly. The Clipper Twitter in 2011 was people who just hated the Lakers, like banding together over uh, an immense, like an immense moment, and. yeah, I just and supporting Jamal. Yeah, years, I, want, I was going to mention this earlier about the load management thing. The Clippers had the best starting lineup uh, in the NBA for like five years. Yeah, and they just dominated regular seasons, and they killed weaker opponents. And it was really fun. And what all what I'll what I will come away with from those years, which the team never even made a conference finals, was just. Any any weeknight uh, between November and April, you could throw on the Clippers and just see something spectacular. And nope. that's what you miss out. You know, every time Kawhi sits, it's just another game where he isn't going off for like 17 in the fourth quarter, you know, just killing guys from the mid-range. And yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Um, okay, we're also taking a quick detour here to disrespect the Golden State Warriors. And I know you got to do one team every time. <laughs> yeah, but I just need to do a just to do a heat check. Okay, we need to. <laughs> we can we can hate this team on principle just a little bit longer. They're in this new arena. Uh, <laughs> they're charging people like eight hundred dollars for tickets. They're they're trash. They're tanking. And uh, uh, no, <laughs> they suck. No. Okay, Eric Pascal is going off for them, dude. <laughs> I, I don't like, want to hear it. I don't want to hear about it. I just don't. They're still getting a lot of coverage, which is also like, kind of I don't know if it's irritating. Like they're a big market. <laughs> I mean, more than they probably should, considering they're like dreadful. 
and all their best players are. I mean, they're the worst team in the NBA. Probably, yeah, they probably will be. Yeah, I'd say. Who, 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 or maybe what, Sacramento or something? (laughs) Sacramento is looking real rough. Uh, Who else is bad? I mean, the Cavs are pretty bad. The Hornets are somehow decent, which is hilarious. Um, The the Wizards are pretty bad. Devontae Graham, we we both have to eat crow on our guys. (laughs) Brandon Ingram went for 40 last night. Devontae Graham went for 35 off the bench tonight. I'm holding to my – I'm sticking to my guns. Okay. I'm going to say (laughs) – I'm going to say the the, things will turn for Brandon Ingram. Uh, And the Pelicans are not winning. I'm I'm not going to be – I'm not going to be one of those – you know, good stats, bad team guys, because Ingram does look very impressive. But, like, the Pelicans are losing, and their defense is disgusting. Um, like, it's awful. And uh, he's not contributing that much on that end. So, we'll see. Um, I still don't really like his game. Um, but, I mean, there's no denying how effective he's been thus far. Devontae Graham has been killing it. Like, I just – that cannot hold. Maybe it will hold up. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, the Warriors are are not good, and uh, I love my guy Jordan Poole. But watching Jordan Poole be like the second best offensive player on an NBA team in his rookie season is is truly devastating. It's it's very. It would be sad to watch if it was any team but the Warriors, but because it's the Warriors, it's fantastic. Like I could watch them like brick eighteen footers and run like Jordan Poole, uh, you know, Eric Pascal pick and rolls for the next eighty games and be very satisfied with it. Um, but if we have to give props to anybody, we have to give props to Tyrone Wallace. Yeah, some of the Warriors could use right now. He would be the best player on their team. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I still can't believe the Wolves cut him. Like, I don't know. Like, they're keeping worse players on the roster than Ty Wallace. Because, I mean, really? there is no team in the NBA that he wouldn't be, like, a good player. 10th man for except yeah. like maybe the Clippers the Clippers could use him He's yeah still- like if they like on nights when Kawhi is load managing like tomorrow like they're probably gonna play Jerome Robinson and Terrence Mann like I would be so much happier if Ty Wallace was out there than either one of those guys yeah like, there's units where the Clippers will just have like it'll seem like Mo Harkless has the ball a little bit too much oh yeah and, like, Ty Wallace is good in those situations of just moving the ball from Mo Harkless's hands to someone else's. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, that was the one thing I really liked about him is, like, he would, he would bring the ball up, uh, you know, they would cross half court with, like, 20 seconds left in the shot clock, and they'd run a full offensive possession. He just oh, yeah. And sometimes the Clippers are playing really slow this year, um, which I think is – fine i guess but um yeah in lieu of defending they're just playing really slow uh yeah i mean their defense is not good but they're they're dragging these games to crawl i mean i think it suits Kawhi's game pretty well yeah but it's not the most entertaining brand of basketball yeah it's definitely a far cry from even like chris paul would bring the ball up like in You'd always cross half quarter like the seventeen second markers. Infuriating. Yeah, but when watching, that team are in transition, they could do shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. They knew when to push the pace. 
Like, when they had an advantage, they would just... I mean, you just give it to Blake on the open court, and it was just game over, basically, for a few years. Um, but, yeah, Ty Walls has been pretty good with the Hawks. He's played in the past three or four games for them, I think. Uh, Clippers legend Ty Wallace. Um, he got some playing time when Trey Young was out. Played six minutes tonight, even with Young back. Didn't play in the second half. Should play in the second half because he's good, uh, and I miss him uh, and, and wish him the best in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, but um, he just find a situation that they're going to let him play. I mean, the Clippers played him like 30 minutes a game a couple years ago. Yeah. And then yeah. like the following year, they're like, who is this guy? We've never seen him before. And played him like 12. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's something else there, you know? I, I mean, know. he still seems tight with all the Clippers, just judging my Instagram. Like he's, they're always popping up on his Instagram posts and like you see him on some of theirs sometimes. So I, I don't think it was like a personal thing. I just, I wonder if like the coaching staff just didn't like him for some reason. Um, yeah, in Minnesota that, you know, people were posting pictures of him, like getting shots up after practice every day. There's no question he's working hard, whatever. Yeah. Uh, also former Clipper Shea Gilgis Alexander looks uh, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He dropped a move on Terrence Ross tonight. That was out of this world. Um, and was it nicer than Trey Young's move? Trey Young's was overly extravagant. It was so funny. Lamarcus <laughs> well, Aldridge looked real old in that clip. Yeah, real. And I, I like Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, like the only person on NBA Twitter who's like a Lamarcus Aldridge stan. Uh, but uh, yeah, he looked pretty silly. Um, but no, Shea is like taking a lot of threes. He's stepping into them. He's taking them off the dribble. Uh, he looks great. But we discussed this last week. It wouldn't be happening if he was on the Clippers, so it's fine. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, um, there was something else from the Hawks. The Hawks game was pretty – that was a really entertaining one. Um, yep. They were up – or the Spurs were up 10, like 88-78 or something like that. And then the Hawks scored 13 points in a row and never looked back. It was a pretty interesting game because I was excited to see DeJounte Murray versus Trey Young. And DeJounte is such a good defender, and, like, his mm-hmm. his arms are stretched out so wide. Yeah, and he's, he's crazy. Like, he keeps them really high, too. Yeah. Um, and Trey Young was abusing him. And a lot of it was bad calls. Like, I think he picked up five fouls in, like, 13 minutes of gameplay. But um, – but I'm always interested to see the best offensive players in the NBA go against the, the best defensive ones and see who wins. Yeah. And Trey Young destroyed him. Like, John Murray Murray's a very good player, and his shot just wasn't falling tonight. Um, but he was like a minus 13. Um, yeah. John Murray Murray's really good. And that He's was fun awesome. to see um, earlier this week when the Spurs – or maybe it was over the weekend when the Spurs uh, – and uh, Clippers played, watching DeJounte Murray hound Patrick Beverly for 94 feet was like cool full circle on just where he'd been a couple years before when uh, DeJounte Murray got the spot starts in the playoffs when Tony Parker went down. Yep. And uh, Patrick Beverly like would not let him cross half court with the ball. Um, yeah. So it's cool. That, I, I, um, I look forward to seeing more more of those guys. There's just a ton of good 
young players playing really well. A lot of guys have made the quote unquote the leap in mm-hmm. this year two. Kevin Herter is going to play a lot more now, or he's just going to have more usage now. Um, loving the Hawks, man. DeAndre oh, Bembry. I love Hawks. DeAndre Bembry. I'm so happy that I, I like stand from pretty hard in the draft process. I thought his numbers were really good, and he was pretty bad his first couple of years, and now he looks great, and I'm so happy. He's also just super fun to watch. Like, yeah, he's really fun to watch. He has bounce. Yeah. He, and, like, the uh, underrated part about that Trey Young clip was, like, he made a perfect cut there. Oh, like, yeah. he saw Trey dancing and just darted in and just finished strong off. He's so good. Um, he'd be so good on this Clippers team. But, anyway. Uh, it's cool to see, to see Shea come back uh, or to, to see Shea turn some of his, like, herky-jerkiness into something that can produce, like, over 20 points a game. Because, like, a – Last year, it was like, man, he has so much offensive skill, but he's averaging, like, nine and a half points. Yeah. Sometimes it takes guys, like, two or three years to get to that point. You know, he'll make a year-over-year improvement. So this year, he'd average 13. The next year, he'd average 16 and a half. And then he'd go to 20. And then he'd go to 24. He's at 22 and a half or 23 right now. Um, it's wild. It's a problem, dude. It's a problem. It's, it's crazy how good he looks. Like – the thing that's crazy to me is the three-point shooting because, like, the start of last year, he did not want to take them. Right. Like, they would leave him open, and he'd just stand there and look at it. Sometimes it would be, like, at least two or three seconds before he'd shoot. And now he's just pulling into them. Like, he's taking them off the dribble. Um, you know, he's shooting with no hesitation. I think he's averaging, like, five or six a game, which, I mean, I thought this year he'd average, like, you know, four, four and a half. No, he's going to be taking – yeah, I mean, I'd say he's going to be averaging at least five and a half a game this season. I mean, he's what, like 21? Like, he could be taking seven or eight of them a game by next year, in addition to, like, his ability to get to the rim and stuff. And his defense, he looks so good. And I mean, the Thunder have been good the past couple of games because, you know, they've been giving him the ball more. CP has looked better after, like, a real yeah. rough start to the year. Um Gallo looks fantastic, which is also cool because Gallo is great. Um, yeah, like I, it would be awesome if the Thunder were good this year. They're they're pretty fun to watch outside of like Schroeder, who is just irritating to me on a fundamental level to watch him play. But um, yeah, I mean, bringing it back full circle though, like you mentioned about Young and, and Murray, best offensive player, best defensive player. We're gonna miss out on uh, best offensive and best defensive players when Kawhi and Giannis. <laughs> Two of the best at both uh, are not going to play against each other, which, again, kind of stinks. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're recording this one. Normally, we said we'd do it after losses, but we're preempting the Clippers' probable loss to the, uh, <laughs> the Bucks tomorrow. Because same old Clippers. <laughs> the same old Clippers. <laughs> losing a Wednesday night televised game to the Bucks in front of, like, millions of people because they're load-managing their star. Uh, not really same old Clippers, but getting destroyed on national television is, is as same as old Clippers as, as you can basically get. Um, all right, man. Anything to promote for you? Not really. I'm, I'm like in that weird space for like, I'm just too busy to write much. So I'm like mostly doing news things and game coverage. I was thinking of writing something about Jamichael Green, who's been like incredible for the Clippers. Uh, so we might do something about that um, sometime soon. Cause he's been great. 
I mean, I think the interesting thing about the Clippers is like the sum of their parts doesn't always look good, but I think individually you have to be happy with almost everybody on the team outside of like Pat Beverly shooting and maybe Landry Shamit. Like I think basically everybody else has looked at least, you know, above expectations. Um, And yeah, Jamichael Green's been great, but no, nothing really to promote. I know you have a new newsletter out though. Yeah, I just put a new one out today um, for listeners who don't subscribe yet. I write a newsletter about the Clippers called Unstatable, um, which you can find on my Twitter page at this Lewis. Um, Yeah, I wrote today about why Kawhi follows Jamal Crawford on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) It's totally speculative, but uh, I think I I went somewhere with it. and uh yeah i'm i'm think i'm gonna do something on the sixers this week uh Mm. so just uh, if you follow me on twitter you'll see it um i think the sixers are the sixers scare me and i'm gonna write about why they're also fun as shit to watch yeah they are uh yeah so (laughs) yeah uh i think that's that's probably about it so yeah follow at this lewis uh, you can follow me at Ritomi Flom. You, you might already follow me. I don't really tweet all that much anymore. Um, and a lot of it is about Shay <laughs> when, <laughs> when I'm sad and <laughs> watching. What's going on with Rich Homie Kwan? Uh, and he's really still, I think he's still releasing music. Every year makes my Twitter handle a little bit more dated, but I refuse yeah. to change it. Uh, yeah. I will stick with it um, yeah. until the end of Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's it. You know, follow Lewis, subscribe to his newsletter. It's really good. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out for the next pod whenever the Clippers lose, which uh, <laughs> will probably be sometime in the next week or two. Uh, but with that, that's it for uh, same old Clippers. And I'll let the uh, awesome outro music take us out here. Peace. We talking about practice. All right, go, go. That's tomorrow, and that is a... be the franchise player and we're in here talking about practice i can't do it i mean how silly is that we'll do it live practice we'll do it live practice do it live i'll write it and we'll do it live not 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 the game that i go out there and die for and play every game like it's my last not the game We're talking about practice, man. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. I mean, how silly is that?